You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. The Wildcats got a dub over the Michigan Wolverines in London. Going to be breaking that game down for you today. Also going to be taking a look at where Kentucky football is slated to play in their bowl game. Probably not the most exciting match up for you guys, but it couldn't end up being fun regardless. Going to talk about that later on in the show. Thank you so much for making Locked on Kentucky your first listen. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube, really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the channel there. Okay, Wildcats get a close win over the Michigan Wolverines in London. 73-69 to was the final score. Wildcats move to 6-2 and on the year. Michigan drops to 5 and three. The first thing I want to note in this game, obviously the two front-facing pieces in this game, the two front-court pieces, I should say, in this game that were the most prominent figures heading into this matchup, Oscar Shibway and Hunter Dickinson, right? For Michigan, the power forward there, really, really solid stuff from him for throughout his career, actually, with the Wolverines. You watched this game, and you watched it unfold in the first half, and you got to notice a couple of things. Obviously, statistically, Oscar Shibway was holding his own. I believe Hunter Dickinson only had, what, six points uh, and four rebounds at one point uh, in the second half, might, or excuse me, in the first half, might have been at the end of the first half. Oscar Shibway had, I, I believe it was 10 or 11 points, seven rebounds uh, at, the, at the break, and it looked like Oscar Shibway was winning the battle down low, and that's something I wanted to talk about here to start off the show. I'm not going to come into this game, or excuse me, come into this game recap criticizing uh, anybody in particular negatively right off the bat, but Oscar Shibway defensively. So he held his own, I think, and he has held his own uh, for the majority of his career. But there have been moments, and we've talked about this recently on the show, where you start to get some frustration with, you know, maybe some of the things that happen down low. And, you know, it's, I would say that it's become more of a consistency this year. I think it's become more of a theme, and Coach Cal has even commented on, well, we can't be at our best defensively because Oscar Shibway has not been with us uh, because he's been recovering from his knee surgery. Um, I would push back on that, but that's another show for another day. Anyway, point being, Hunter Dickinson was held in check for half of this game. And then he just kept putting shots up, and that's kind of what he is for Michigan. He is their offense. And he ended up finishing with 23 points. Now, something I do want to note here, uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, if you enjoy Ken Palm as much as I do, you like to break down the different statistics for different guys. And one of the things I like to do whenever I'm previewing these Kentucky matchups is I like to look at the percentage of possessions that individual players are used for the Wildcats opponent. And obviously, Hunter Dickinson, if you've been watching college basketball for any sort of time, three years now, he's been a really, really solid front court piece for the Wolverines. He is used uh, on 75%, excuse me, he's on the floor for 75.7% of the minutes that, uh, that, that uh, you know, uh, Michigan is allotted in a game. I don't think they've played any overtime games. No, they've played one uh, so far this season against Ohio. But he's used on 29.3% of possessions which is nuts. And I'm talking offensively specifically. So off on offense, he's used almost 30% of the time 
there are not a whole lot of guys in the country that are used more often than him. In fact, he is the 68th most used player in all of college basketball. You may say, Lance, that's not very high. Keep in mind, there are over 350 Division I teams, and there are a ton of players for each every individual roster. So Dickinson is one of the most used players in all of college basketball. So I want to preface this by saying, look, he got a ton of shots up. He was not particularly efficient. I just want to ask the question, and I'm not suggesting anything. Oscar Shibway defensively. What do we think about him? I want you to discuss that in the, uh, maybe amongst yourselves. I may chime in in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube at Locked on UK on the socials if you want to hit me with an answer there. What do we think about Oscar Shibway defensively? I know he's really, really good at rebounding, really, really good at post moves offensively. What do we think of him defensively at six foot nine in the post? Obviously, 10 of 22 uh, for Hunter Dickinson, 9 of 19 from inside the arc specifically, and we're going to get to that later on the show, but Obviously, that's efficient. You like what Oscar Shibway did in this game on his own. Uh, was 5 of 10 from the floor, uh, had 13 points, 14 rebounds, played 31 minutes in this game. Uh, Kentucky decided to use other different other players, uh, maybe not necessarily focusing on Shibway. They kind of spread out uh, the shooting in this game. Obviously, Jacob Toppin got his own. In case you're wondering, by the way, this is something I actually looked up yesterday just randomly. Jacob Toppin does lead the team in field goals attempted. Uh, some of you may uh, out there may be wondering, well, who's been taking the most shots for us so far this season? It's Jacob Toppin. He's not been particularly the most effective, but he was 6 of 12 in this game, and he had 14 points, and I'm sure you'd probably take that just about any night. Uh, missed the only three that he took, three that he took though. Does not seem that that part of his game has come along, but I think the confidence uh, is what's really important for him. But anyway, the battle of the front court, Hunter Dickinson, Oscar Shibway. Obviously, Dickinson uh, put up almost, yeah, over double the shots that Shibway put up and finished with uh, just about double the points. Shibway, I think it was a little bit more efficient with, uh, with the opportunities that he had. But really, really fun stuff going on down in the post. I just want to pose that question to you guys. What do you think about him defensively? What do you think about him in this game? I'm not trying to suggest anything. Yes, I have a crick in my neck. Uh, just kind of Probably going to see me doing some weird stuff with my neck throughout this episode. The other thing I wanted to get to here, Kaysen Wallace. Uh, we've talked about it. We're going to continue to talk about it, I have a feeling, uh, about how talented this kid is, how efficient he's been, and how important he's been to Kentucky and some really big moments. Obviously, against Michigan State, did not come up clutch in those two overtimes, but kind of held his own throughout that regulation in this game. 36 minutes, the kid was 5 of 8 from the floor and 4 of 4 from 3, including hitting that really, really clutch bucket uh, towards the end of the game to kind of seal it, kind of make it all she wrote. I believe it made it a 5-point game with less than a minute left uh, for Wallace. By the way, that was coming off of what was, in essence, uh, a busted play. Kentucky ran their set. They got a look for Jacob Toppin underneath. It was blocked by Hunter Dickinson uh, down below, and Jacob Toppin had to kick, kick it back out to Wheeler. And I expected... Uh, something that we're going to talk about in a second, for the offense to collapse and specifically for Wheeler to get down to the block, not know, really know what to do with it, and for Kentucky to panic and either turn it over or get a really bad look. But Wheeler immediately got the ball, got it to Kaysen Wallace, uh, spot up shot, knocked it down. The confidence that this kid has, 14 points, five assists, uh, five assists a steal, a really nice block in transition, uh, had eight rebounds. He does it all. He Statistically, he fills up the stat sheet. This kid is so important, so vital to this team. If he continues to play the way that he's playing defensively and offensively, I know that we've kind of talked about this before recently. But this kid was tabbed as a defensive menace coming out of high school. And we've said on the show, he's already one of the best on-ball defenders in the nation, in my opinion. But the offense 
I think is where he's really started to come within his own. He's shooting over 53% from the floor through eight games. Don't think that that uh, that you know mark is going to continue to go or continue to you know be the same as the season goes on. But still, we need to keep an eye on this kid and just appreciate in this ten man rotation there are not a lot of players on the floor that are more valuable than him. I think you could make the argument that Oscar Shibway obviously is is as valuable. You gonna and Yenzo is somebody that we're going to talk about in a second that has really been talented coming off the bench, and then maybe Antonio Reeves, Severe Wheeler. We can talk about the analytics. There's some people that are going to push back on that immediately. But yeah, not a whole lot of people out there for the Wildcats that are more valuable than Kaysen Wallace. I want to talk a little bit more about the offensive structure. Obviously, Wallace was four from four from downtown. But I want to talk about the efficient shooting, but also some more continued frustrations for the Wildcats and and why they may not necessarily be concerns as we get into SEC play. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. These steak experts have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. You can send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, Air Chill Boneless Chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. You can visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, one word there, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Again, you can visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and get an extra $30 off your order. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. So we talked about it recently on a show asking the question, is John Calipari failing at Kentucky? And a lot of it has to do with the frustration surrounding the X's and O's on the court with the talent that Cal has recruited. I still think a lot of fans have to be frustrated with the way the offense is run. I'm not alone in that opinion. I think a lot of people on social media have voiced their opinion. You also have to keep in mind that social media is not real life. So I'm having this conversation with you uh, directly so that we can maybe kind of sort some things out as to whether or not we should all be legitimately concerned with this or not. Listen, I think the fact that Severe Wheeler is able to to rack up as many uh, assists as he, as he does every night, obviously it's a gift. He's talented. Seven assists in this contest, 11 points, by the way, was four of 10 from the floor, though. But... Coach, Coach Cowell's reliability on Severe Wheeler to get down into the paint after the shot clock starts to wind down and just create something is, um, is not consistently going to work out. I, I think that a lot of people would agree with that. So you look at the games like this. I mean, Severe Wheeler to, to finish with, uh, with 4 of 10 from the floor and something that he struggled with that we've harped on finishing around the rim. Uh, was one of two from three. That's something that's, that's oddly improved this season, is three-point percentage. It was at, it was sitting at 33.3% heading into this contest. You can only imagine it's going to continue to kind of stay around where it's at, but the Wheeler being the focal point of an offense that needs other players that are better shooters to touch the ball, um, I think it's important. I think it's important for Kentucky to get, uh, get the ball around to other players. I think it's more important to maybe see if you can create some looks for these shooters. And if Kentucky just simply can't do that, if they can't create looks for Case and Wallace, 
Antonio Reeves, C.J. Frederick, who has been, um, I wouldn't say a disappointment so far this season, but he has not uh, stepped up uh, the way that I think a lot of people would have assumed that he would. I think offensively is, is really what you're looking at there. And, and, and as a result, I think he's slowly kind of been not taking, he's not been taken out of the rotation by no means. He's still starting for the Wildcats, but uh, he's been somebody that has kind of been put on the back burner as opposed to maybe a couple of these other guards. But you need to find creative ways to get different guys' looks, right? And Coach Cal understands that better than anybody. I'm sitting here as just a guy recording a podcast. I've never coached a basketball game before in my life, but I can tell you, does not prohibit me from telling, telling you what good offense and bad offense looks like. I think more often than not, we find ourselves sitting here watching Kentucky in games like this against teams that have just as much or maybe a little bit more talent than them in certain areas and saying, yeah, we don't have a coach that can get us through this tight game. We may have the talent, and the talent may eventually win out regardless of whatever the coach says that the players need to do, but we don't have a coach that can really kind of scheme it up for us whenever we need to. I think a perfect example of this, a perfect recent example of this, you need to go back, if you did not, and I'm sure a lot of you did, you need to go back and watch that Michigan State game. Go back and watch what happened at the end of that game. Watch the entire thing. Go back and watch the entire thing. You need a coach that can scheme it up whenever things are not going well for the talent. And I think at some, at sometimes, you know, Kentucky makes attempts. Sometimes Kentucky just simply does not make attempts with players like Severe Wheeler uh, being told to hold the ball for extremely long amounts of time. There has to be some type of, adjust, uh, of an adjustment made. And let's be clear, Kentucky won this game, right? Case and Wallace clutched it up at the end. If he had not made that three, we may be talking about a loss here. But Kentucky clutched it out and they won this game. The talent won out. But you got to be able to have, for games moving forward, got to be able to make that adjustment. Hey, the SEC slate's coming up. Hey, in just, uh, what is it, two weeks? A little bit less than two weeks, you get to play UCLA, right? Then you've got Missouri after Florida A&M. You're right into the SEC slate. You've got uh, Louisville on New Year's Eve, and then you're right into it. You've got to be able to kind of maybe fine-tune some things, right, See if you can get the shooting working in the right direction, which is actually the next thing I want to talk about here. See if you can get it all working. The outside shooting. So this is something that we've complained about before with the Wildcats, and we've sat here and said, hey, you know, we thought Kentucky was going to have shooters coming into this season. Whoops, looks like they're not as efficient as they as they might might have been. It's it's uh, maybe, maybe a rush to judgment there on my part for some of these guys. Uh, you know, you look at Kentucky, though, in this game, 9 of 15 from 3 is nothing to scoff at. And Kentucky, historically under Cal, has not been a three-point shooting team, but he's asked them to shoot a little bit more this season because he knows that he has those weapons on the perimeter. And Antonio Reeves, Case and Wallace, uh, combined 7 of, uh, of excuse me, 7 of uh, 8 from beyond the arc, uh, which is just absolutely insane. Like I mentioned, Sevier Wheeler, 1 of 2. C.J. Frederick, his three points, he was one of three from beyond the arc. He had 15 minutes coming off the bench in this game. Uh, like I, said, I said earlier that he's still starting. I mean, he was, and now he's kind of been taken out of the rotation. So, and Kentucky's working on different things with that. But you've got to be able to hit your outside shots if you're a team like Kentucky that has personnel that is really good at hitting outside shots. And you get the ball to Oscar Shibway whenever you can. Obviously, he's your go-to guy. You look to get him touches whenever you possibly can. And then you look to kind of see what Casey Wallace, Antonio Reeves, guys like him can do. Chris Livingston, obviously, is another guy that can that can hit from outside. See if he can spread it around. And I really appreciate Severe Wheeler kind of being the guy that is kind of 
controlling this offense. Obviously, he has to as the point guard, but there are some there are some areas on this team where you get a little frustrated with the way that Cal has opted to use it. I'm trying to trying to tread lightly here. And I'll just say, I think that this team is is definitely capable of having nights like this. I'm not saying Kentucky's going to shoot 60% from, the, from outside the arc every single game. Shot 47% from the floor, by the way. That's not going to happen every single game. But they are capable, based on the players that have they have recruited to come in and play, they are capable of doing some really, really cool things offensively. And they just need to find a way to find ways to get there. One of those, one of it was one of those nights where I think talent made it happen. Talent made it happen. The final thing I want to note here before we talk about the bowl game that Kentucky football is going to get into the inside the the inside defense for Kentucky. Kobe Buffin, guard for Michigan, two of eight from inside the arc. Like I mentioned earlier, Hunter Dickinson, nine of nineteen from inside the arc. As a team, Michigan shot thirty nine percent. From the floor, shot forty percent from three, but thirty nine percent from the floor did not. Neither team had the best free throw shooting night. Uh, Michigan shooting sixty five, Kentucky shooting fifty percent, which was which is never great. But yeah, Kentucky held their own defensively in this game, and that's that's something really really exciting to see. Just to, to see, okay, this talent can collectively come together and they can win a game against a legitimate opponent. Obviously, Michigan top fifty. Uh, around where you, it, depending on where you look, top 50 according to computers. Um, if you look in the polls, they're probably hovering somewhere around 35th to 45th uh, in, in some other polls. So yeah, this, is, this was, was a legitimately solid team with some nice experience, uh, with, also, with also, also some length. They're the 21st tallest team in the country. So it was a good win. Good win over the pond for the Wildcats. They are back this Saturday playing Yale, and then next Saturday they will be playing UCLA in the CBS Sports uh, Champions Classic, or the CBS Sports Classic, excuse me. That's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait to break those games down. Also insane that we're already eight games into the season. Uh, things are blowing by quickly, and football season is coming to a close. I want to talk about Kentucky bowl, uh, Kentucky football's bowl matchup. Some people are a little down about it. Initially, my reaction was, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but I think there's some reasons to be happy about it. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Simply Safe has been great for my family. My parents use it. I've got some close friends that use it. My sister uses it as well. They've had a lot of really good things to say about, you know, there's convenience. You can use it from the, you can use their uh, cameras from the app. It's really, really nice. All very accessible, easy to put up as well. Uh, you stay in complete control of everything, anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm. You can unlock the doors for a guest, which has actually been a great feature that has been presented to me, Where whether you need somebody to come in, drop a package off, do th- different things like that. It's really, really easy, really adjust, uh, really easy to adjust your system settings as well. Uh, There's really, really great stuff that I've heard from a lot of different people uh, that I am close to. Do not miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend to you guys. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. This is their biggest discount of the year, guys. So do not wait. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe 
like Simply Safe. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Kentucky football, their bowl game has officially been announced, and according to my sources, a.k.a. the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl Twitter account, Kentucky's going to be playing Iowa again in a bowl game. A lot of you were um, not too happy about this announcement whenever it first came out. Uh, Some of you were um, just kind of bored with this matchup, uh, it seems like. But the first thing that I that I said on Twitter was, you've got to be kidding me. We have to play these guys again. It's just not a fun matchup. This is just not going to be entertaining. Who boy. But then my immediate follow-up thought was, wait a minute. We beat these guys last year, and I would argue that they are worse than they were last year And I would argue that Kentucky is a little bit worse than they were last year. You've got the chaos of two teams that play really good defense. You've got one team that just literally doesn't know what offense is. You've got another team that fired their OC. By the way, Rich Scangarello out as offensive coordinator at Kentucky. I haven't even got a chance to talk about that. Thank goodness that we are are finally maybe maybe able to move on. Liam Cohen could potentially be coming back. Uh, to Big Blue Nation, that could be really exciting. But you've got one team that doesn't know how to play offense at all. You've got another team that has uh, that had a coordinator that was trying to understand what offense was. And now that he's gone, I feel like you, maybe you can open things up just a little bit more. And you've got a bowl matchup in the Music City Bowl in Nashville where you could get a fun game. You could get a fun game. It may not be as high scoring as some of you may think. But there could be some fun things. There could be turnovers. Uh, I think that that's definitely an opportunity with both of these teams. Um, I think you could definitely see uh, a lot of chaotic moments is what I'm trying to get at. I think that these two matching up last year, obviously, with the down-to-the-wire matchup that that was uh, that game with with uh, Will Levis leading the charge with Wandale Robinson at the very end to kind of give them that, that game for good at the very uh, last second. And by the way, Weirdly enough, uh, I think a lot of people may push back on the turnovers uh, joke that I made, but I'm serious. Like last year, did you watch that game? Uh, Kentucky ended it with an interception, something that they had uh, very seldom come upon uh, last year. I think you could definitely see chaos. That's it. that. That was kind of my final thought after I thought about what this matchup could be. Obviously, Iowa really, really good in the secondary, um, but I don't think that they're as good of a run defense as some people may think. We're going to get into that breakdown as you know the game gets closer, but. Initially, this was pegged as a boring matchup by those on social media. You may disagree with that. You may say, Lance, that's not how I feel. And that's great. If you're excited about it, that's great. Because I have kind of worked my way around to saying, yeah, I am too. I am too. I don't think that they can beat us. I think we're going to go 2-0 against Iowa straight up in these <laughs> last two years. I'm excited about this game. I think this could, very similarly to what I said last year uh, on this show, this could be a matchup where we see Kentucky just kind of use that SEC talent whenever they need to, and take it over. Now, it wasn't necessarily a takeover last year because Iowa's defense is obviously, like, really, really, really good. Also, their special teams, their punter is insane. We're going to have to talk about him whenever we get to that breakdown. But, yeah, this could be a chaotic, fun, crazy game. I have that feeling. I've just got that feeling. I don't know about you, but I feel like that could be in store for Kentucky versus Iowa in the Music City Bowl, by the way, in case you're wondering, that game is on December 31st at 12 a or 12 p.m. Eastern time. In case you're wondering, the answer is yes. Kentucky basketball will be taking on Louisville on 12 at 12 p.m. 
on New Year's Eve as well. So we're going to have a basketball game same time as the bowl game. So we're going to be keeping tabs on all that right here on Locked On Kentucky. Make sure you are subscribed to the show. If you are not on YouTube, make sure you are following on Twitter at Locked On UK, on Twitter at Lock, or excuse me, at Lance Dahl underscore, geez, on Twitter, if you can find me there. Thank you guys so much for watching. I will see you all in the next episode. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.